Feel it coming in the air Yeah And the screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hey, welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, voiceamerica.com, Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio. Got a lot to talk about today. Donald Sterling lost his damn mind once again in the courtroom. We will talk about what will happen in the next week or so with regards to Donald Sterling and the potential sale of the Los Angeles Clippers to Steve Ballmer, former uh, high, uh, higher up in uh, the Microsoft Corporation. LeBron James met with Pat Riley yesterday in Vegas. No decision was made. No contract was signed. So now we know as much as we did before they met. Carmelo Anthony still in limbo. Chris Bosh came out as saying he will sign the four-year $88 million deal offered to him by the Houston Rockets if LeBron James does not return to Miami. Dan Gilbert made it a point, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, made a point to say that if LeBron James signs with Cleveland, he will do everything in his power to bring in Kevin Love. Kevin Love said that he will play for Cleveland and potentially sign an extension if LeBron James goes there. Argentina beats the Netherlands 0-0 yesterday in a, in a shootout, which they won 4-2. We're going to revisit the topic of should penalty kicks decide the fate of any, any team, any country in the World Cup. Is it fair? Is it right? Does it really show who the best team is or who has the best strategy in penalty kicks alone? 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Download the Voice America radio app. Download our archived uh, podcasts on iTunes and on voiceamerica.com. You can listen to us anywhere, so go do it. LeBron James meets with Pat Riley in Vegas yesterday to determine the future of him in a Miami Heat uniform. Nothing was determined uh, LeBron James goes to Brazil this weekend to watch the final of the World Cup. The rumor is that a decision will be made before then, but who knows at this point. Carmelo Anthony was supposed to have a decision made on Monday, and we haven't heard a peep since. Um, there was a little, a little uh, blurb that came out yesterday that said Carmelo was leaning towards signing the five-year $129 million max deal that the New York Knicks have offered him. Derek Fisher reached out to Carmelo Anthony. He said, we're going to be better this year. Don't worry. Just come back, and I'll show you. I'm not sure how much clout Derek Fisher has at this point, but I know that Phil Jackson has the innate uh, following of, of players traditionally. So um, I've said this before. I think that Carmelo will go back to New York 
and and right after the sunset into not making the playoffs again. So with with LeBron, I, I'm kind of sick of talking about this to be honest. I just want him to make a decision and uh, and and stick with it. I think that Miami is a poor choice for him. I truly do. He has a house in both Miami and in and in Cleveland or Akron, so it's not like he he's going to have to pack up and move. He's got the world at his at, at his fingertips, and I think he just needs to make a decision and stick with it. Yeah, he just need he needs to hurry up and make a decision. Is not only is he holding himself back, he's holding Carmelo back, Chris Bosh back, D Wade, basically. Um, the free agent superstars, heck, even all free agents, including um, Lance Stevenson. Like, he's just holding the whole free agencies back because everybody's waiting to see what he's going to do first. Even Carmelo came out and said it himself, like, he's going to wait for LeBron. So I already knew when he, when Melo talked about, you know, choosing a place to be on Monday, I knew it wasn't going to happen because LeBron still haven't chose. And so um, he, with him opting back to New York, I think it'll be a better fit um, than L.A. because I did uh, rethink some of the things I talked about and some of the moves that New York has made. They're brand-new coaching staff coming in, brand-new organization, period. And why not start at the brand-new top, get paid your 100-plus million uh, for five years and enjoy the time and try to try to get your team back into the playoff hunt. Be a leader. You know, he, he should – Definitely look into that. Yeah, I mean, and bringing in Jose Calderon and the trade you mentioned was trading Tyson Chandler and Raymond Felton to Dallas for Jose Calderon and player, you know, A, B, and C. Yeah. Uh, he's Phil Jackson's trying to make up a team that can run the triangle offense effectively. And Carmelo hasn't really ever played with a two-point guard. I mean, he played with Andre Miller a little bit in, in Denver, I believe. I believe. But... Jose Calderon is a true point guard. He's a true pass-first point guard. And although the Knicks didn't have trouble scoring last year, a lot of the scoring came from the point guard position. You know, a lot of shots came from the point guard position, and that's not going to be the case. Carmelo's going to get as many shots as he wants when he's in New York. Uh, it, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how they can how they can get better from last year. Bargnani obviously was out a lot of last year, but he's not a difference maker. Uh, but he's, he is a great triangle player. Armari Stoudemire, and I'll continue to say this, and I'm still getting mocked for it, is that he had a great last third of the season last year. He looked like the old Amari last year towards the end. He was rebounding. He was playing a lot of minutes. Well, a lot of minutes for him is like 27, 28 minutes. He was hitting open jumpers. If he can resurrect his career... I mean, they're going to be as good as anybody in the in the middle to bottom of the East in the, in the playoff hunt. So I think that that Phil Jackson knows what he's doing, and the Clay Anthony early pick I think is going to is going to prove to pay instant dividends. I re, I truly do. He plays defense. He's a great athlete. Uh, so I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, he's not going to get any better than if he goes to L.A. You know, it, it's not going to get any better, and Miami just wouldn't be a good fit. So just go home, get your extra $30 million, and ride off into the sunset. I mean, this could potentially, this is going to be his, his last big money deal. So why not take the extra $30 million? And I'm sure he's got a player, he'll have a player option, so he can kind of opt out after three or four years if it's not working out. Or he can de- demand to be traded, and then they trade him. So, I mean, I think that's the, that's the no-brainer choice. You're never going to play with LeBron. You just won't. He can. Well, he can when he he's can. 36. 
and he, and he, and he just is, is starting to chase championships at that point. Yeah. I, I just don't think that that's going to happen right He's now. He's not going to play with LeBron in Cleveland, no. Yeah, but I don't think my – even he goes back into Miami, then Carmelo's coming to Miami. Well, but they don't have any money for him. He'll, he'll come. They don't have, they, what is he going to well, pay? Yeah, pay for, $7 million a year? No. Because Dwayne Wade – LeBron will probably take a pay cut. No, he definitely. won't. This is his max deal. This is his max time. He could take the pay cut to bring in Carmelo. I, this, it'd be ridiculous. It would never work. It would never work. Okay. They have, they'd have four players on the roster. You know, I mean, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be feasible. And that's not basketball. That's not basketball. That, that's what pisses me off about all this free agency and all this, this hubbub about, the, about celebrity, uh, celebrity athletes coming to play together, top-tier athletes. It's, it's not basketball. I remember Gary Payton was interviewed, and I, and I read an article about it a couple days ago. It's like, I want to beat the best. I don't want to play with the best. I want to beat the best. And unfortunately, ran into Michael Jordan because that Seattle Sonics team, with him, Sean Kemp, Horace Grant, like they were, they were really good. Yeah, they were really, really good. Detlef Schrempf. I mean, I hated watching them when I was when I was uh, when I was in LA as a Laker fan. Vin Baker. Oh my god! Well, when he was good. Vin Baker. I mean, they were they were they were so good, and it just it was just never enough. But Gary Payton tried it once. Well, he tried it twice actually. He came to the Lakers with Carl Malone. And Kobe and Shaq, and that they made it to the finals. Carmel, when Carmelo went out, uh, that was it for them. Uh, I just remember Kobe hitting like a thirty-footer uh, descended to overtime in one of the games. The Lakers only won one game that series, and then he went to Miami. Uh, and, and, you know, it, he went to join the best. Yeah, well, I understand, but he was also <laughs> forty-seven years old. Carmelo's Carmelo's thirty, so it, it's not. Maybe thirties to do forty now in the NBA. Uh, I guess so. People get people get restless when you're selfish I mean, your NBA, whole career, I mean, the and teams, then the teams are really young, though. I mean, it's way younger than it was back then when guys were playing at an all star level, thirty five, thirty six years old, and now you see guys thirty plus now. You know, their careers start to dwindle down, and with the with the rosters being so young, you know, you got eighteen, nineteen year old kids out there, you know, taking over franchises. So. That yeah, new th- before that they're 30, ready, I guess sometimes. you could say it's a new 40. Definitely, they're not ready, but that's what the GMs poked them up to be. That's what the media pokes out these guys to be. If you were Dan Gilbert and LeBron James says, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming to Cleveland, uh, he signs the contract, would you trade the house for Kevin Love, including Andrew Wiggins? You would not trade Andrew Wiggins. Well, that would be part of the trade. That would have to be part of the trade. And you would never trade Andrew so, Wiggins. So you'd, you rather, would, you'd rather give up? I would trade Deion Waiters and... Yeah, have to how maybe Tristan Thompson yeah, definitely Tristan Thompson. Minnesota would never do that. They they said verbally that they need Andrew Wiggins in that trade for it to happen. So would you give up the future for another seven years of LeBron? And he's going to Minnesota. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Huh? I'll definitely get um, Wiggins to Minnesota. Wiggins hasn't proven himself yet. Right. So At the end, so, he's you still trade, all so you would trade. So you would trade Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins, Anderson Varejao. And I think I if think I'm Dion Dan Waiters. Gilbert, yeah. If I'm well, Dan no, Gilbert. no. If you're Minnesota. If I'm Minnesota, and well, yeah, oh no, no, no I'm take, saying if you, no, sorry. If, if you're Dan okay. Gilbert, if you're yeah. Dan Gilbert, if I'm Dan Gilbert, you would I give mean, up Andrew Wiggins before. I believe it's a fair trade because Andrew Wiggins, like like I said, he hasn't proven himself. Uh, Kevin Love, he's proven himself already. LeBron, he's the greatest player in the world. I mean, you you would make that trade definitely. Because what if Andrew Wiggins come in? Uh, well, I hope not. You know. Tears at ACL comes out and uh, just bombshells shoots five for twenty a game or something, yeah. you know. And then you see, oh heck, it works out. You know what you're going to get from LeBron. You know what you're getting from Kevin Love, from Kyrie Irving. So yeah, I would definitely trade 
Thompson um, and Wiggins for a potential uh, Kevin Love. Yeah, I would definitely do. Yeah, that. I mean it's and, and it. I mean, I agree. I mean, it's crazy because how like you know how the NBA is now. You got your top tier players, free agents. Now. You never trade the number one overall pick. You for, exactly before he plays. I mean, exactly. I know, and I understand. But the NBA is it's it's evolving. <laughs> Tell Portland that. Jeez, <laughs> Grandpa Odin. <laughs> right. Um, it's uh, it's evolving. It's becoming more innovative. I mean, uh, across all sports, you, you you see the innovation, and and it's always mocked. It's always questioned, and slowly but surely. I truly believe that the NBA will go back to how it was in the 80s where the conglomerates will not happen. Um, it'll happen more organically. Look at San Antonio. They have, they have more championships than, than anybody in the last, in the last 10 years. So, and and they, just, they just do it through draft and, and small free agent pickups. You know, they're not doing blockbuster deals. They're not getting rid of the guys that got them to where they are now. Right. So I, and, and going back to LeBron, Pat Riley can only do so much. You know, he sounded like a very, very nervous nervous uh, president when he's like, you know, you start, you, f- you finish what you start, blah, 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 when, when all those guys opted out. It's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they made a lot of money for your, compa- for your company. Exactly. And they got you two more rings. So I, I feel like, you know, mission accomplished, let's move on. So we'll see. I mean, I think LeBron is Cleveland or Miami. The, the level-headed person in me would say he's going back to Miami. Because it's less of a risk, you know. He's already there. He's already supplanted himself, and he uh, and he'll have guys come there. I mean, low level guys will come there to be the glue guys for the team. Cormelas for Sports Talk, eight 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 three four six nine one four four. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit more free agency. Then we'll get into Donald Sterling and why penalty kicks are ridiculous. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. From Lesson of Sports Talk, VoiceAmerica.com, 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Chandler Parsons signs $45 million offer sheet with the Dallas Mavericks. Man, this kid came out of nowhere. Yeah. This kid hit two gigantic game-winning shots at Florida in college. Uh, he looked somewhat like a bust his first year. 
And then slowly but surely, this kid has become a stocking stuffer. He's like, a, he's like an American Andre Karolenko with a better jump shot. He's, he's big, 6'8". He's got a great touch. She's great from the field. She's great from the line. Plays average defense and is really just a glue guy. He's never, he's never demanded anything in Houston. He's just kind of taken what what has come to him. He's had two superstars join his team, and he's just played. You know, and and character guys are looked at you know pretty highly in the NBA, especially nowadays with across all sports with all the bad crap that's going on uh, off the field uh, and off the court. So, $45 million offer sheet. I'm not sure if Houston's going to match it. No, they, they're not going to match that. Especially if you're trying to bring in Chris Bosh. So, but if, if he doesn't, if everybody goes not. back to Miami, like everybody thinks he's going to. They're not going to. They can't match that. Sure they can. They have cap space now. They, they're not going to match that. So, you're gonna just going to let him not, walk? He's only not. been in the league three years. Yeah, I'll let him walk. I mean, he, he's been a great, valuable asset yeah. to the Rockets. I, I, I believe that. I, I understand that. But is he an all-star caliber player that you really need back? No. They can find another guy who can play a Chandler Parsons role. There's plenty of – you can pull in a guy like Kevin Martin to come in and fill the same role. Like, there's plenty of role Kevin, players out there. Yeah, Kevin Martin's not as Maybe he's not going to rebound or play better as play good as defense. defense but, or pass. <laughs> I mean, you still see what the Rockets got this year. First round exit. You, you I mean, what what is he going to do again next year? You gonna sign him another three years? So you go another three years of first. Well, yeah. Well, well, the beauty of the beauty of being a middle guy, a glue guy, is that it's never your fault. <laughs> exactly. You know? So you have Jeremy Lin, who's you know has, has been scrutinized ever since Lin Sanity. Uh, you have uh, James Harden and and uh, Dwight Howard. He's your big three. He's your third of the big three. He really is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, three right years now. for forty-five million dollars is kind of ridiculous. Be- but this is what happens now. The, these are the these are the uh, contracts that they're going to get. They're still going to get the same amount of money, but it's going to be in a shorter period of time because so it won't be against the cap for for many years to come. And yeah, you're right. This is this is this is borderline, but this is going to make Dallas really good if they don't sign it. Oh yeah. If if they don't if they don't uh, match it. You'll have, I mean, Raymond Felton. You have him, Monte Ellis, Chandler Parsons, Dirk, and Tyson Chandler's your starting lineup. I mean, that's pretty good. That's Tyson Chandler can team. play another five years with the way that he plays. He doesn't exert that much um, uh, balls to the wall energy. You know, he's not like you know Dwayne Wade, obviously things like that, which will curtail your career. Yes, he's had injuries, uh, but he's a rebounder. He's a defender. He's a leader. You know that's what you need, okay. and you have that guy in the center position now. And Dirk is the ageless warrior. The way he plays can cater to him playing a few more years. You know, I mean, he's he's never really been a physical guy. He's always been getting to the spaces and, and make people miss and shoot over them awkwardly. Monte Ellis is your is your is your uh, pistol. You know, he's the guy that can shoot five for twenty two or, or fifteen for sixteen any given night. But he's starting to become more of a, a facilitator, which is good. Um, Chandler Parsons would be a perfect fit for them. They're a working man. They're a working man's team. That would be a great, great team to watch. Seeing like Monte push the ball up court, kicking it in the corners to Chandler and uh, Chandler Parsons and Dirk. That would be wonderful to watch. That's why I hope good comes to Dallas. I mean, uh, they deserve it. Um, they just won a championship a few years ago. That was great to see Dirk finally get a championship. And why not get more? Why not, you know, bring that kind of same sequence of a team back together 
Except for you get better parts. Instead of Jason Terry, you got Monte Ellis, mm-hmm. and you still get the same Tyson back, plus add a Chandler Parsons. And that team, be it'll be great to and watch. And an ageless Vince Carter. Yeah, and, and, they, <laughs> and they always going to have enough money to build a bench. That's why... You know they wouldn't they wouldn't mind considering because they knew LeBron that talk was not going to yeah. happen, and that's what I like about Mark Cuban. He moves on to the next thing so quick. He doesn't uh, lay his hat down and wait for him and wait for him like a lot of these GMs do. I mean, I I don't understand that. Why wait? Just go get these other pieces and go to Plan B quick because yeah, LeBron's wasting your time. Yeah, it's like you're stealing these players while everybody's looking at LeBron. Exactly. Now yeah. you're building up a great team, a potential great team together. Yeah, um, a team. That's not predicated upon exactly. one person. Yeah, and, and and to me, they're a San Antonio light. You know, they do, they do, they get bigger names, and they don't do everything through the draft and, and through small free agency. I understand that. But I would want, out of all owners, Mark Cuban to be my owner. And everybody questions him, and especially when he came onto the scene as, you know, this late 30s guy that wears Mavs t-shirts and jeans, yeah. and he sits courtside. I want to be a fan that owns a basketball team. You know, that's exactly what he is. He's a he he's an exemplary businessman. He had the pulse on media and everything before everybody else did. He made billions of dollars. He right. sold his business. And now he, his most prized possession, probably aside from his kids, is Dallas Mavericks. And you can see that every single time. He was one of the first ones to jump on Vince Carter when he hit that three in the corner against San Antonio in the playoff game. You can see how much he loves this team, and it's not like a Jerry Jones thing where you're, you're wearing a suit and you're watching over everybody and you're trying to fit in. I truly believe Mark Cuban fits in. He does. I think that people love playing for him because he'll do anything for them. He won't take crap. He, he'll be like, goes to the head coach, he goes to Rick Carlisle, and he's like, listen, let me take the brunt of this. I'll take the $50,000 fine. Let me say it. All right. You know, it's not, and, and you know exactly where he stands. He's not just a guy in the rafters looking down on you and signing paychecks. So I think that Dallas will always be a viable place for free agents, especially those that, you know, felt uh, left out on, on the outskirts of their, of their former team. You know, th- he makes that a home for them. You know, and everybody has an Xbox 360 in their in their damn locker. Everybody <laughs> has, you know, everybody has all the amenities that they need to feel comfortable and, and at home at the, at the arena. And, you know, Papa takes care of him. Yeah. You know, which is great. And I that's think Chandler Parsons will be a great fit there. No taxes. Texas. Yeah. Right. There <laughs> you go. And, and that's another, that, that's another, well, I mean, and he's, he's moving, what, a couple hundred miles away from right. where he was before? So he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Right. So, I mean, I feel like it's pretty seamless. And three or 45 million, yeah, it, it's overpriced probably for Chandler Parsons at this I point. I don't think so. I don't see it being overpriced. How can he be worth $15 million and Houston not want to keep him? Because Houston can't afford to keep him for three, th- for three years, and then because it's other contracts that's coming up. I mean, you got guys because you don't know, you know who they're going to bring. They don't know what they're going to do with. I mean, think about it. if they keep him, they can't really sign uh, Chris Bosh to that guaranteed money. Right. And then well, you got other contracts coming up, such as you're going to want to sign Patrick, re-sign Patrick Beverly. You guys still have to deal with Jeremy Lin. You got to make some ships and some movements then. So. That's a pretty big offer to the match. That's like either you're gonna go with Chandler, stick with what you have, or you're gonna hope for Chris. You're gonna hope for Chris Bosh. Yeah, and that's two totally different GMs yeah, right there. And exactly. So the uh, Houston has three days to match it. So that puts you at what day is today? Thursday. So on Sunday, that puts you to Sunday. Okay, LeBron James will have made his decision at that point if all of the reports are true. That before he leaves for Brazil, he will have a decision. If that's the case. 
then the decision will be made for them. If right. not, if it comes down to Sunday, then they're going to be like, do we take mm-hmm. a future player or do we take a guy that fits into this team absolutely perfectly? Now, would you take Chris Bosh? And I want you to think about this before answering. Would you 100 million percent take Chris Bosh for the 88 million over Chandler Parsons for 45? And, and, and why ask that? I'm going to give you one second to think. I'm just going to say this kid has the future ahead of him. He's jumped leaps and bounds every year. He plays defense. He passes the ball. He can still shoot. He doesn't have the exact skill set that Chris Bosh has, but nobody really does. Chris Bosh is in, in a vacuum. Yeah. Would you take somebody that has already adapted and learned how to play in the NBA as a glue guy, or would you take a guy for double the money that has he does this, and this is what he does, and he won't change? I would absolutely take Chris Bosh for yeah, that. I don't because I mean, don't knock Chris Bosh. He's a two-time champion. He's been there four times in a row. He's been a leader of Toronto. I mean, he has the juice. He has the experience. He has the leadership. I guess you could say potential leadership in more than what Chandler Parsons would bring back to your team. I mean, like you say, if he comes back, yes, he's a valuable, great asset to the Houston Rockets. But there is no leadership coming out of him. Not in Houston. Definitely not. He can probably build that once he moves on to another team, to Dallas. Then you'll see those leadership skills. You'll see, uh, you know, more consistent play. Because he's not getting as many shots as he should, especially in the Houston role. I mean, for him, yeah, he wants to go to Dallas. But, he, I mean, it's not up to him right now. It's, it's, if Houston matches it, then great. I'll stay in Houston. I'll learn three, four more years. Maybe we'll get a championship then. But Chris Bosh coming in, you'll get – You'll be in a championship contendership now. Yeah, it's you, a great fit. Do you need more leaders in Houston? You definitely do. Why? Dwight Howard is not a leader at all. He thinks he is. He's, he's not going to lead you to no championship. He, James Harden thinks he's a leader. James Harden is not a leader at all. James Neither Harden, is Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is a better leader than those he two. He's been there. He was, I've seen, okay, okay. seen Bosh get in people's faces. I mean, he's not the ultimate team leader, of course, not over LeBron or D. Wade, but I've seen Bosh lead. I see him lead his You've team. You've seen him get into in Mario Toronto. Chalmers' face. That's it, because everybody got into Mario Chalmers' <laughs> face. Well, that's what, that's what you get to do when you're the ultimate side chick. But he was, <laughs> he, was, he was the leader in Toronto. I mean, when Vince Carter was at his people's game, he got traded away to New Jersey. There was no, nobody had any hope in Toronto. He won 50-plus games. In Toronto, I mean, he was leading those guys. Like he was yeah, winning he was playoff games. He won playoff series more than what Houston has doing done this past season. I mean, I'm not sold on. I mean, I, I'm not saying you're going to win games off leadership, but I mean, he does have the All Star limited play as well. You're yeah. bringing in another All Star. Yeah, no, that's fair. So I mean, and that's, you know, that's my argument. That's my point. I guess you could say that's why I would bring him over Chandler. Nothing to knock Chandler Parsons. He's a great. Um, he's a great guy to lose. But I mean, you can win without, and you can if you got Chris Bosh coming in. Well, yeah, I mean, and and the the over the underlying theme here is that Dwight Howard is not as good as everybody thinks he is. Definitely so that not. I mean, Chris Bosh will be going for money, and 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 that's what it is. Uh, Chandler Parsons, I think, could actually make a bigger difference. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll see what transpires. Uh, we got about thirty seconds before break. On the other side, Donald Sterling, Alzheimer's, dementia. He's eighty-one years old. He, he has, like, six different personalities, seemingly. I'm not sure if he I, – I feel bad for the guy, but I don't, you know? Uh, so, on the other side, we'll talk Donald Sterling. We'll talk how he called his wife a pig in court. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Kwame will join us on the other side. We'll be right back.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back, Call My Last Center Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio. Donald Sterling, 81 years old, in court right now to fight the ruling that he has to sell his team. To fight the ruling that Shelly Sterling is the, the prime spokesperson for the Sterling estate. Quote, make no mistake today, I will never ever sell this team and until I die, I will be suing the NBA for this terrible violation under antitrust. End quote. Donald Sterling, that's what he said towards the end of his testimony on the second day of trial. As Shelly Sterling walks up to him after, after uh, court has been dismissed for the day, he says, get away from me, you pig. This guy, um, we, we, we're starting to see, and it's pretty sad, um, we're starting to see the downfall of his mental capacity. And in a spotlit situation, it's even more magnified. Uh he he's pretty much saying he doesn't want to sell the team anymore, and Shelly Sterling has no rights with his with, with the Sterling with the Sterling fund. He has no rights. She has no rights. So um, this is where we're at, it. and we saw this coming. Yeah. If Donald Sterling was twelve years, fifteen years younger, maybe it wouldn't be as muddy of a situation. Uh, we wouldn't see so many different tangents uh, with so many different emotions coming out of his mouth. Because uh, I don't know, honestly, I don't know what his mental capacity is like. And after uh, Shelly Sterling had him see a radiologist and um, a neurologist, psychiatrist, and they said that he has onsets of dementia, and he was mentally incapacitated and unable to act as an administrator of the Sterling Family Trust. So Steve Ballmer buys the team for $2 billion, and... On July 15th, that is when the owners will vote him out or, you know, try to vote him out or everybody will vote and see what the outcome will be. And oddly enough, that is when the Steve Ballmer offer expires. So 
we'll definitely see some fireworks one way or another in the next week. Towards the end of next week is when this will all come to a head. And I truly hope that this will be over soon. And, and one, one last date to mention, September 15th, if the sale isn't completed by then, then the NBA could seize the team and, and, and become owners and auction it off. So that they would take away the team from him. But the vote needs to go through. Needs to be 22 out of 29 owners to vote against Donald Sterling uh, uh, receiving the team again. Yeah. So what do you think? Play- do you think players are just like, I mean, come on already? Yeah, the players are definitely in the mindset. I would think, you know, just to just be like, come on, let's get let, let's get on with this. Like Donald Sterling, what are you doing? Like you, you're really you're hurting you're hurting our brand. You're, you're um, moving many people away, many fans, you know, back every time your name get mentioned. But I is mean, he now? I mean, his free agency is going on. I it's mean, not that big of a deal. Is. I mean, he he he's definitely he every time. Um, or that it's a court date, uh, him lashing out against the NBA or his wife. I mean, come on, it's your wife. You really going to shout out a, a pig to her? I mean, that talks about your character. He, I mean, he's killing really, I mean, the American society. I mean, I guess you could say he's hurting it even more than already what, it, what's, what it's going through. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a national-wide uh, basketball association. So the whole nation hears every single story. So, therefore, it's like, come on, man, like. You know, we're, you're hurting us. You're hurting everyone around you. It's not I, making it look any better. Yeah, so. but all we do is hear about, you know, we hear about a little trinket here once every couple of days about what's going on. And it's Th- annoying, is, though. Yeah, but this has fallen out of, this has fallen completely out of the spotlight. You know, this isn't the top story anymore. This isn't breaking news. This isn't, you know, none of this until it's resolved or unresolved by July 15th. Nothing that nothing's that you know. We we won't see anything because LeBron is now out there, and Carmelo is now out there, and Kobe's talking about, and Phil Jackson. People have short memories about the awful things that he said, and the quick response that Adam Silver had on behalf of all the owners in the league. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So, I'm not sure. It'll put it this way: If I were LeBron and stay true to your word. Wait till July fifteenth. Wait to see what the voters say. If the if for some reason the owners vote like seventeen to twelve in favor of selling him or in favor of him getting out of the league and selling the team, right. something like that, LeBron could say, "I'm done." So he has no contract to sign. He could walk off into the sunset right now until uh, uh, Donald Sterling's out of the league. Right. I wonder that can't have anything to do with it, right? With him not signing? No, definitely not. You don't think so? Because I mean, I well, I don't think it has. Any. So boycotting? I guess there's no boycott clause in your contract saying that if you if you choose not to play, you won't get paid. So I mean, he may as well sign a contract if that's the case. But it's just it's a it's a precarious situation that Donald Sterling has put the NBA in. You <laughs> that's, know, that's a very interesting point that you made, though. What? That's very that'll be interesting if, that, if that's what holding up these free agents. Well, I mean, I, it can't be. It can't that'll, be. That'll be very but, but yeah, but but this would be the group think. This would be the start of something. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, and this would be the uh, the little oh, what, what's the word a faction of players that would be like we're going to boycott. All these players have made so much money. Well, Carmelo, LeBron, Chris Bosh right. have made so much money already that they can walk. If this if this is truly if they're truly sticking to their guns in this situation, 
So I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next week. Um, I hope that this just goes away forever, as you said. I, I'm done. Done with Donald Sterling. Yeah, I'm just done with it. It's like that commercial that you keep seeing, like just late at night, like oh man, again. Yeah, as you're like, eating really? that burger, though. Again, you know, so yeah, it works exactly. It's like <laughs> but, <again. laughs> uh, Donald Sterling. This is more out of pride than anything. Um, he has more money than, than he knows what to do with, especially if this if this uh, sale goes through. He'll be set for the next, you know, however many years he has left on this earth. So I don't really think that this has anything more to do than pride. This is how he's always done it. He's always been able to win in court. He's always been able to make a mockery of the court by winning cases he shouldn't, winning, uh, you know, countersuing people that sue him. You know, it's just this is what he does, and this is how he's going to go out. And you have to kind of, and I'm taking myself away from all moral aspects of this of this conversation, but you have to somewhat admire him saying no. This is it. This is how I'm going to go about my business. Even though I'm going bat shit cra- bat nuts crazy, this is what I'm doing. And you're not going to stop me until the wheel falls off. Until the wheels fall off. That, that's, that's his mentality right now. So, um, uh, abstract admiration, maybe I'll call it. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's, you got to be like, wow, this guy is, is blind to what he's doing, but he's still going. Right. You know, so I don't know. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next week or so, uh, and and uh, it'll be funny to see if that's really what LeBron is waiting for. But That'll I, be great. I, yeah, but I, I don't. If that all came out. That would be so great. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. Uh, oh boy, soccer. We're almost done with talking about soccer. Argentina four two in the shootout over Netherlands. I it mean, it was a great game to watch. Yeah, very, but, but, very physical. Yeah, very, but very defensive. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. The, both those matches were. Uh, I mean, Germany wins seven nothing, seven one, and yeah, then was, it's and then we go surprising. to and then we go to penalty kicks in, in the next one. Uh, the one thing I'm excited about before I dog uh, penalty kicks, um, Germany's defense versus Lionel Messi is going to be very very exciting to watch. Little Messi is arguably the best player on the planet. Arguably, Cristiano Ronaldo probably has something to say about that. He's tiny. He's fast. He's got a great leg, and he's just he's nimble on the field. And it'll be interesting with the defensive front that Germany puts up. I mean, they haven't let up a goal. Well, take away the goal that Brazil scored late. They let up two goals to Ghana in pool play, and that's it. They haven't let up a goal besides that in regulation. The whole rest. Of the World Cup, so I'm not sure if I'm not sure if Argentina has enough. I just hope that somebody wins in extra time at la- at, at at most, and it doesn't go to penalty kicks. I am hope I am picking Argentina. I hope that Lionel Messi can can wear the crown of World Cup champion <laughs> because you know Cristiano Ronaldo didn't even make it out of the pool play. I understand Argentina is a better team than Portugal is, but if Lionel Messi can take on the steel curtain that is the German defense, I, I mean it, it, it'll go down as one one of the great wins in World Cup final history. Penalty kicks, it's so arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit, but I I, I want to finish. There's really no. Okay, so there's skill involved. Fine, I'll give you that. There's skill involved. But it's so disjointed. There's no team aspect in it whatsoever. 
besides the coach choosing the the uh, player's order in which they're kicking. It's just it, it, with all the excitement that goes on, even in a, even in a nil nil match that goes through all the way all the way through extra time with no scoring, there has to be a way to, to let them play more soccer. Because I mean, I would I would guess at a certain point, at like the hundred fourteenth or hundred fifteenth minute in extra time, people are playing just not to lose. So you're playing very very tight, just hoping to get the penalty kicks. So you have a chance, especially if you're an inferior team. All right. And I don't. I think that's a scapegoat. I th- I think that's a. Uh, I just think that's an easy way out. May the best team win on that given day. Hockey does it. Yeah. It's, uh, hockey playoffs hockey is so. But yeah, I yeah. know we've talked about this again. It's. I understand that shift changes are very fast, and people stay fresh, and there's a lot more players that can be substituted. There's you know endless amounts of substitutions that are allowed. You're only allowed four substitute, three substitutions, in in World Cup soccer, two or three, and that's it. And I understand that would need to be changed. This is a global game, so obviously not everybody dislikes penalty kicks because it's still part of, you know, FIFA still says it's part of the World Cup. So uh, I don't know what could happen. Maybe add another 30 minutes of or 20 minutes of extra time, something like that. Play a full half. Play another 45-minute half before going to penalty kicks. Do something. <laughs> do something that would extend the game in an effort to not have to kick penalty kicks so early. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have any ideas? Like, do you think that there's I mean, anything they can do? They could, with the, if they wanted to stick with the um, penalty kicks, maybe they could scoot the boundary back or the level of okay. where to kick it at. That would be more interesting. More, You'll see the goalie uh, be more smart about his decision-making. Um, also, you know, I go along with adding a whole other half to it, a whole other 45 minutes. Um, I mean, to me, it's exciting to see it, but it's it's really like you know, it's really tough on. Um, it, it, it ends it too quick. You take a whole excitement out of the whole game to the last what three minutes of penalty kicks, and it's just like okay, now it's over. And then you look at the score, and it's like okay, really wasn't the score really wasn't that bad, or you know that puts a knock on the overtime um, outlook of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they definitely need to change up the. Uh, Overtime um, boundaries more than just penalty kicks. Like you have to play it out. But I understand the fatigue of these players. Like yeah. you say, only two to three substitutions a game. So the fatigue sets on these guys, and to have them go through a whole another forty-five minutes, that would be tough. I mean, those guys run around a lot. Even in hockey, you know, it comes down to what uh, shots or shots Shoot out, to go, yeah. shootouts, and. That's tough on them as well because them dudes are running around physical, knocking each other off full speed on ice. So, but you notice they they still go through what one or two overtimes before it came down to before it comes down to shootouts. So I could see, yeah, they maybe thirty minutes, forty minutes of a whole another half of a quarter before going through uh, penalty kicks. Yeah, no, I agree, and and so I mean I don't think anything's going to come of it, and they should though. Yeah, but I mean, I you got four more years to think. And, about. and the yeah, the one thing that that FIFA does have going for them with regards to penalty kicks is that it happens every four years. So people are like, oh, we get penalty kicks again. Right. Yeah. So it's something that that is left, you know, left to be desired, and for another four years, and then it's just like, okay, is that what's gonna be? People just buy into it, and, and that's fine. I, I've bought into it. I just wish that there was something else they could do. Richard Sherman still hates Michael Crabtree. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Kwame Lasser Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Uh, welcome back for my last of sports talk, 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio. Follow me on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner. Richard Sherman is still pissed at Michael Crabtree. For those of you who don't remember, Richard Sherman deflected a pass in the end zone in the NFC Championship game that sealed the 23-17 win for Seattle. Aaron Andrews shoves a microphone in his face. Kwame was here right now. He'd say this exact same thing. Aaron Andrews shoves a microphone in his face right after the game is over. He says some nonsense about Crabtree. Says he's the best corner in the game. Blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, he gets mocked for it a little bit. He gets questioned for it. But Kwame exactly would say, don't shove a mic in my my face right after the game is over. I might say something crazy. You know, because he's still in that mindset of of full-blown, testosterone, everything that just happened. So, I mean, and and I I rescinded my comments about him after watching it again and after reading about him as a person. Does a lot of charity stuff. You know, he's he's a really goofy guy. He's a great student. You know, he Stanford, he was a receiver until Jim Harbaugh flipped him to, to be a DB. So, I mean, obviously, he doesn't like Jim Harbaugh because of his coaching methods, but... Uh, he can he can thank him for for building a career for him and getting him paid in the NFL. Definitely, uh, him and Michael Crabtree had beef going back to the 2013 charity event that Larry Fitzgerald put on. Nobody really knows what was said, uh, but they've had beef ever since. Richard Sherman came out on American Hustle, American Muscle, new show on Discovery Channel, um, and pretty much said, I, uh, "Yeah, I don't like the guy. I, I still don't like him. I hate him. I think that this is good for football." Uh, Usually it's defensive plays saying that they're better than the other person. You know, I know Deion Sanders used to talk a lot of mess. I know that they're, they're all Revis with Revis Island and stuff. If you can put words out into the media and back it up when the time comes, and they're playing San, Diego, uh, San Francisco twice this year, as, you know, as every divisional team does, I hope, I hope, that, I hope he backs it up because I really like Richard Sherman now. Uh, I, I, I've liked him because, I mean, he's been a beast. He had, I think, one if not two pick sixes this year. Um, but, you know, it's, it, he's a likable guy, even though he's kind of crass on the football field and in interviews. So with regards to this whole thing, 
I want to see him go at it because Michael Crabtree's gotten better every year that he's been in the league and been healthy. So I, you know, I love. I can't wait for football. Yeah, I can't wait to see <laughs> them go at it. Uh, and um, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to more to see what how Michael Crabtree is going to react to this because last last that I've known, I've seen Crabtree. He was a little he was a little shooken up by the comments. Lane, last last time we seen anything about Michael Crabtree or heard from him, he was in the locker room and you know he was frustrated and hearing about what Richard Sherman had done. I mean, he looked a little disappointed, a little sad in the face. He really couldn't say much because you know Richard Sherman won, so yeah, he has a right to say something. And not only that, you got your quarterback speaking for you. You know, Crabtree really hadn't said much, so I hope he's tuning up his game even more because he well he came off an injury. During the season, and he really didn't play a whole full season. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, he's back. He gets to go through camp. Hopefully, there's no injury before them in Seattle play one another. So I'm excited to see how he's going to react, how mediocre this guy really is claimed to be right now, how mediocre his game is. Uh, very, It'll be very more intriguing for me to watch now, uh, see how this guy gets open, see how um, – his route running abilities are see how he can ex- exploit uh, Richard Sherman because he's going to want to go at him now. Yeah, but and I that's mean, going to uh, be very exciting. Michael Crabtree's not the fastest guy. No, uh, he's he's got, he's got great hands. He's a, he, he's a, a position re- a possession receiver. Definitely, you yeah. know, and that's and he's kind of um, he's kind of elevated himself a little bit more than that. He was supposed to be this top tier guy when he came into the league, and then he never amounted to much. Got injured, everything like that. Then he became a position guy, a possession guy, and then he kind of. He, he he went to the next level last year, so we'll see if he can take one more jump. Yeah. Uh, the interesting conversation between these two guys is that both teams have a stout defense, a young quarterback, and and a great running game. That that's that is the makeup of a Super Bowl winning team. And on offense, it's almost and I'm going to say this lightly: it's almost easier to be on the offense of either of these teams than it is the defense because the defense is what wins you the championship. Defense is what wins you games, close games, yeah. where you need stops. So Richard Sherman, I think, has the tougher job, and he has more to prove than Crabtree does. Because if Crabtree doesn't do anything, you still have Kaepernick, you still have Frank Gore, you still have Vernon Davis for now. You still, you know, you have, um, who did they, you have Anquan Bolden. Who else did they bring in? A receiver that they brought in. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. But they brought in another receiver, and um, I just think, I, I don't think that, uh, Michael Crabtree has anything to lose in the situation. I just really don't. I think he does. He has to live up. I mean, he, this guy, he got embarrassed, man. Like, he, Richard Sherman basically pulled down his pants and called this man, like, a punk. You're not ready to, to step onto my field on this side of the field, on this side of the territory. He called this man out. He embarrassed him. Like he said at the event, he said, if I ever get a chance to uh, win in the moment, I'm going to embarrass you. And that's exactly what happened. You got embarrassed, Michael Crabtree. Now you have to come back and show some fight, show something, like signs of, hey, this guy, he's really not all – he he can't back up his talk like he really can. Then well, it's I mean, time to pass, come out and show that. The pass was a little bit underthrown. I mean, if yeah, we're going to go back it to it, was. if we're going to go back to but it, it's the still pass a great was a little defensive, bit underthrown. It was still a great defensive effect that uh, it got to the point where he got it intercepted. That's a great DB play regardless. I mean, underthrown, it was a great play – Acrobatic tip ball, I guess you could say, that he made. 
Stevie, but, Stevie Johnson is who I was like, talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did sign Stevie Johnson. But even, if, Stevie Lloyd. Jo- even if those guys have great game, ball games, even like, you know, Frank Gore, they, they win by 30-plus points. But at the end of the day, if Crabtree has mediocre One stats. catch for six yeah, yards. Exactly. I'm, everybody's going to be coming at Michael Crabtree like, yo, you're not ready. Are yeah. you really that mediocre? Well, yeah, and, so, and, and they always talk about Michael uh, Richard Sherman not defending their num- the number one receiver. And Stevie Johnson's the number one receiver right away, I would right think. Away? I would think so. I mean, your possession receiver is your number one. I don't see Stevie Johnson as a possession receiver. He's an exciting no. receiver. He's he, he can do a lot of things. But your he main, spreads the defense out for Michael Crabtree to flourish. Definitely, definitely. And for that, Michael Crabtree, you know, he's your number one target. He's your possession. He's your bigger receiver. I mean, what the guy won the Belenikoff Award. I mean, this kid he he could play football, just not against Richard Sherman right now. And right now, that's it, this guy's in your same division. You have to pick up your play against Seattle twice a year. If you do that, then you will revamp your name. Like you say, he's a big name coming in to the NFL. It's time to prove it. Yeah. What is this, year four, year three? uh, Year four, I think at least. Yeah. It's time to prove it, man. Yeah. um, (laughs) And and it's after Richard Sherman getting Buku money, this is when DBs slowly start to decline. You know, decline a little bit, get injured, something like that. Look at Darrell Rivas. I mean, this is what, after you get that big money, this is when your work ethic and your yeah your work ethic and your conditioning is really put into question. Can you reach that next level where you're worth the money? Yes, is, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Would he have got the money if they didn't win the Super Bowl? If they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, would, they, would he have got this money? Not that Buku money. Yeah, right. definitely not. So this was this was a perfect storm of a safety to start off the game in the Super Bowl and. And just Peyton Manning being scared and getting nothing going, number one. Number two, the tip. And number three, just him playing well all year for him to get all this money. We'll see. Because this is the time, if, if, if the history proves anything, this is when DBs start to go downhill. And he got the cover of Madden. So he has to oh, the Madden no. in his pocket. I would shave my dreads right now. Just shave them. You just got to pretend like you're not the same person so the Madden curse won't get you there. As well on his back. He he put a lot on the table. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't Calvin Johnson break the single-season receiving record when he was on the cover? Uh, I think he got the cover the the following year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, still, hopefully there's no injuries or anything. I mean, he has a lot to live for. He talked a lot in the media. He talked a lot after the Super Bowl. And now you're on the cover of Madden, so you got to live with the Madden curse. He's getting paid either way. Kwame Lesser, Sports Talk, <laughs> Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio. We will see you guys tomorrow, probably with Kwame. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.